the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. This week we have all the Lloyd's List correspondents in one place, Lloyd's List Towers in London. And uh, I'm delighted to be kicking off a special series with the Europe team. We are looking at what is going to be keeping us engaged in stories over the next few months. We've been talking very much about uh, the priorities for the uh, editorial team between us. So I wanted to give you a flavour of what's going to be coming up on the agenda in Lloyd's List over the next few months. I have with us Nigel Lowry from Athens, Janet Porter, come back, our chairman of the editorial board from Lloyd's List, but uh, the queen of all containers at Lloyd's List still, David Osler, a uh, senior reporter covering, uh, amongst other things, insurance, finance, and pretty much anything else he uh, cares to lay his hands on. Linton Nightingale, uh, editor of our monthly magazine, The Intelligence, uh, but also covering uh, many other things in his own right. And Anastasios Adamopoulos, who's our reporter who uh, tends to split his time between uh, Loiseless Towers and the IMO most of the time at the moment. So he picked up the regulatory beat with uh, such fervour we hardly see you these days. But uh, very glad to have you all on the Loiseless podcast this week. Let's start with Nigel, seeing as you are our special guest over from Greece uh, this week. What's keeping you awake at night in uh, Piraeus bars? As you know, the, the Greek shipping scene is, uh, in terms of ship owning, it's the biggest in the world. So many characters, so many players, so many companies. The choice of what to cover is always uh, your sport for choice, basically. Thinking, you know, off the top of my head, a lot of the issues that I seem to spend quite a lot of time watching First and foremost today, of course, we have uh, the scrubbers versus compliant fuels, low sulfur fuel debate, which I think is is a global issue and it's raging through uh, many national shipping communities, but perhaps none quite so starkly and uh, vibrantly as the Greek market. I think for the first time in my memory, going back many years covering Greece, it has injected an element of ill feeling uh, between those who have invested mightily already in scrubbers and perhaps the majority and the representatives of the majority who feel that that is an unfair play and shouldn't be allowed. And I think, you know, obviously, together with our colleagues, we're going to be looking at all aspects of that uh, as it plays out over the next few months uh, leading into next year. Finance, especially for owners, asset finance, uh, there is a lot of new providers of finance on the scene, uh, to some extent replacing the old banks, some of which have exited. You know, for ship owners, where do I get the money? How do I pay for fleet renewal? How can I support you know, my astute asset play? Is a question that people are continuously wrestling with. And I think the financing landscape, especially this year, is changing dramatically. And so I expect in the next uh, weeks and months to be paying quite a lot of attention to that. Mm. And can I do a product placement? Please do. A bit of a plug? Well, we're getting towards spring and spring is the time when we start to think a little bit more seriously about the organization of the coming Lloyd's List Greek Shipping Awards, which this year is on Friday, December the 6th. So that's St. Nicholas's Day. Mm. So if you can bear to uh, pull yourself away from your loved ones, all you Nicholases, uh, and join us for the celebration. Save the date, December the 6th. Nicely done. Good plug there. To be renamed Lloyd's List uh, Awards Day, obviously, in most people's hearts, I would have thought. 
you mentioned there at the beginning that uh, underwriting a lot of those decisions is going to be the regulatory sphere right now. A lot of decisions have already been made, but frankly, we're still not sure what a lot of people have in play for, for 2020 and beyond. And what's going to be the dynamic forces here? What, what's going to change between now and 2020 that uh, is going to be significant? I think from an operational perspective, between now and 2020, we're going to learn a lot more about these fuels that appear to be so elusive and still so mysterious in terms of their properties and their availability. But I think more companies are going to start rolling them out to the market. Uh, More companies, shipping companies will start putting out results from first tests or first cases of use. So we'll find out a lot more about distribution and use over the next few months. But from a regulatory perspective, the main thing will be scrubbers, specifically open loop scrubbers. There has been a push by some jurisdictions to ban them, and that has now spilled over into the IMO with a call from the EU to start looking at potential rules for scrubber discharges. And that's obviously left some very big names in the industry very displeased. So in the next few months, specifically in May, there's a big IMO meeting where we'll learn more about where this is going to go and if, in fact, there will be some kind of regulation that does restrict the use of scrubbers in any way. Mm. So that will be a very big issue. We've seen over the last month or so, the likes of Fajira, Singapore, uh, some aspects of China, effectively ban the use of open loop scrubbers uh, in, inside the ports. That's obviously worrying for those who have collectively invested millions, if not billions of dollars in uh, scrubber technology. But it feels like the lobbying effort on behalf of those people who invested has really sort of taken a, a different turn. They're voicing their opposition. <laughs> they're, they're calling for a lot more um, scientific evidence Mm -hmm. uh, before any uh, further Mm -hmm. knee-jerk reactions, as they put it, uh, uh, should come through. What's your feeling in terms of how this debate is going to continue? You're absolutely right. There is now a very concentrated effort from an industry side to push back on what they see as unfounded concerns and moves that are very politically motivated and that have no scientific basis. My question, and I asked a person affiliated with the Clean Shipping Alliance, which is basically at the forefront of this uh, defense, is whether they are just a bit too late because there's already been traction for this opposition to open loop scrubbers, this political momentum. And they told me they believe the science will prove them right and they will convince those that need to be convinced. So it would be very interesting to see if that side, which has now initiated the sort of anti-open loop scrubber, whether those forces will come through and actually provide evidence of their own Mm. to back their argument rather than what many people or some people at least believe is anecdotal testimony so far. Nigel, just briefly to bring you back in, obviously a number of the Greeks have been big investors in in open loot scrubbers, but equally the Union of Greek Ship Owners has uh, taken its stance on on what is a genuinely complicated political issue. What's, what's the general feeling from the Greek shipping community in terms of what happens next? Oh, I think that a while ago there was a debate going on in the industry about were people trying to delay the implementation, right? And my personal feeling is that that was overplayed. I think that fairly early on in this uh, drama, the vast majority of people understood that this regulation was going to be implemented and that there was not going to be a delay. And I think, you know, I I think uh, the Greek shipping community, which is 
as realistic as uh, as most has understood for a long while that you know this is going to come into force and they're going to have to along with the rest of the shipping world grapple with it now exactly you know what people think is going to be the end result of acceptance or or not of uh, of different types of scrubber i think uh, that's something that you know <laughs> we still don't know and i don't think the perspective is any different from Greece. so linton moving over to you we've got a, a couple of big special reports coming up in the intelligence what's happening there yeah so um, after having just finished off our US report in the latest edition of the Intelligence, which will be arriving with our subscribers very soon. As Anas was just talking about there, a lot about the environmental agenda and scrubbers, the next question we'll be asking in the Intelligence is, has this led to safety or complacency over safety and relatively low casualty rates creeping back into the industry's psyche? So, for example, amid growing concerns that flag states are not publishing casualty reports. There are several unanswered questions here um, when it comes to maritime safety, and these will all be investigated in the next issue. So crew negligence and inadequate vessel maintenance are increasing areas of risk, highlighted by an increase in maintenance-related claims. Also as well, we have the rise of the megaship or larger container ships or bigger ships in, across all the sectors of the industry. Um, these may well promise greater efficiencies, but they also bring a new risk of challenges, such as salvage operations and the availability of suitable ports of refuge in the event, of course, of an incident. Add to that the agenda of the existing concerns over Arctic safety standards and growing concerns about crew over reliance on technology at the expense of basic seafaring competencies. There's a lot we can put into this issue and that will be arriving with you in April. So we're just starting on that now. Excellent. Something to look forward to for everybody there. We've uh, mentioned the uh, the regular agenda. Janet, there's something that we've talked about a lot with our editorial board recently. But we've got a couple of uh, issues coming up in, in the short term, haven't we? We just heard that the US Department of Justice has closed their investigation of the Box Club. And they're not going any further with it. They've terminated it. Now, this was a big story two years ago. The Box Club is a group that meets twice a year. It's only chairman and CEOs of the world's biggest container lines can be members. They don't really like publicity. They talk about non-competitive issues. But two years ago, they were raided by the Department of Justice. And um, since then, nobody quite knew what they were looking for. They subpoenaed some of the top men in the industry, but it wasn't clear what they were after. And now we've just discovered they've closed down the investigation. But that raised all sorts of questions because who was regulating the alliances? And these, we've now got three big alliances in the world that dominate the east-west container trades. Was it the Department of Justice? Is it the FMC? Is it the European Commission? And um, these alliances cross jurisdictions, so it's not at all clear. But this seems to be, the DOJ investigation appears to be a bit of a sort of power struggle between that and the FMC, which appeared to be um, dwindling, but suddenly they've had two new commissioners appointed there have been amendments to the US Shipping Act, which has given them extra powers. It means that any complaints by, I think, tug operators or terminal operators can now be investigated by the FMC. And the European Commission is looking at its consortia block exemption, which sounds a bit clunky, but it's really looking at the exemption they currently give alliances or consortia. And this comes up for renewal in 2020. So you've got the European Commission deciding how and what they should do. Should shipping still have its own regulation or should it just be treated like any other industry? Mm -hmm. 
is it the FMC or the DOJ that investigates or keeps an eye on the behaviour of alliances in the US? And then you've got the Asian regulators. But these are this, nobody's ever found them really guilty of anything. They're big and they're powerful, but they're constant price wars. People aren't really being ripped off in terms of freight rates. So are they actually doing anything anti-competitive? But even so, it's a story that I think um, we will be looking at for the next few years. Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, the shipping industry has never been far from the uh, competition authorities' focus over the years. We've had a number of uh, dawn raids from the European Commission over the last decade. And, dawn uh, raids that never come to anything. Well, dawn, well, yeah. well yes and no. I mean, the, uh, there have been changes made at uh, classification societies. Uh, I oh, were raided. Yes, right. Sure. Uh, yeah. We had uh, parcel tanker investigations. We uh, saw various other investigations into other parts of the business. And I think the, the overview there, of course, is that the shipping industry doesn't know what's coming down the line. Uh, so these competition raids are always a looming threat. So it's very interesting to see the dynamics at play there with the FMC and DOJ, just to see what does come out of that. Yes, and the DOJ does still have a role. I mean, that's in this amended Shipping Act. It still says they have the right to investigate, mm. but it's not at all clear how they break down between the FMC and the DOJ. And the DOJ investigation did seem to be a bit of a sort of showing off exercise, mm. all very dramatic. You know, they break into or burst into a meeting, but then it wasn't clear what they were looking for. You know, that's now closed, but they will, they will still be under the regulatory spotlight for many years because they're so big and powerful. Finally, David Osler, we've just come through another renewal season on the insurance side. Um, interesting, but what have you learned? Well, interestingly, some of the senior executives in the P&R world I've spoken to have described this year's renewal round as, quote, the most boring ever, unquote. Which well, it's a way to get the news editors' attention. That's... Well, it's uh, <laughs> the way to disappoint journalists. But there's been very, very little um, churn, as the expression goes, in, in fleets. What is interesting so far is that we've had five clubs out of the 13 in the international group declare preliminary outcomes, and they've all said that they've been net gainers. That's schooled American UK Garden North. Now, unless my O-level math from a long time ago is letting me down, somebody's got to be losing tonnage somewhere, so it'll be interesting to see when that comes out in the wash. Excellent. Okay. More broadly, we're still not quite at uh, Brexit stage, but it is looming. It seems to be uh, rapidly uh, moving up the agenda as we get closer and closer to uh, the possibility of a hard Brexit. It does seem that there's some movement at last from the government, um, that it seems now far more possible than it did before that there's a chance for MPs to reject the no-deal Brexit and possibly even a vote on a second referendum. So... I know that this is a big issue, especially in the ports community, both in Britain and the near continent at the moment. So that'll be keeping me busy. Also on the political front, Venezuela, a lot of concern about how that situation is going to be unfolding. And I'll be watching that as well. Wonderful. And uh, any big ticket interviews you got on the agenda? Certainly on the stocks, very enjoyable meeting with James Kidwell, chief exec of Braemar, who's set out his strategy for that listed company for the year ahead and a couple more I'm trying to line up, including with some insurance big weeks. Excellent. A, a useful plug if ever we needed one for the uh, for the regular Friday interview slot on Lloyd's List. Required reading for everybody's weekend. Thank you, everybody. This is, uh, as I say, the first of a series of podcasts, so uh, expect a, a slightly different schedule this week. We're going to be uh, hearing from our US colleagues and our Asia team who are all in London this week. So you're going to get an extra special bonus edition coming up. But for now, uh, for the Lloyd's List podcast, thank you very much.